actually, this is as real as it gets. The number you have reached, 911, has been changed to a non-published number. You're listening to UCW Radio. In your face. Alright, welcome to the UCW Radio Show. I'm your host, Lou Velasquez, and today we have a modern-day gladiator with us. Uh, she's an entrepreneur in the world of jewelry as well as, as fashion, and she's a humanitarian at that. Uh, and she went to the point of developing her own foundation, which I think is pretty interesting. Her name is Julie Weintraub, and she will be with us in just a few minutes. Uh, before we bring her on, I want to talk about, to take a moment, talk about a, a couple of things. Actually, I want to touch on one thing in particular, and that's the so-called uh, Health Care Reform Bill Act uh, that was passed or is being passed. Uh, the bottom line is the things in motion is going to go through, uh, but as opposed to me just shooting out my opinion. I want to give you a couple of facts, and at least I'm trying to keep people informed of what's going on. Now, what's being affected here, and it's interesting, is the medical underwriting, and that'll be taking a long walk off a short pier. Uh, the new bill will actually prevent insurance companies from selling premiums based on the medical history of the individual, on uh, whether the plan will cover an individual family, that type of thing. Uh, basically, uh, the bill will probably block those crazy questions that insurance companies uh, can ask and makes every one of us look similar. So, you know, uh, let's say if you aren't taking care of your health and you are a smoker and you're abusing your body, so on and so forth, and I'm taking care of my health and I'm eating well and trying to keep myself alive, guess what? We're paying the same premium. So it makes everybody look similar. Um, it's just interesting. Uh, you know, if you have no major medical issues, and I do, we're paying the same uh, premium. And, uh, again... I just uh, find that interesting. Uh, they they say that this is going to reduce or should reduce what we pay. Uh, I really don't think so. You know, maybe more people getting it may reduce, but I don't think so. I don't think it's going to reduce the premiums. I think the premiums are going to stay there or go higher, and uh, it's just going to be interesting. You're going to have people looking to line their pockets in the insurance industry, in the pharmaceutical industry. Uh, I think it's more costly for those with no major medical uh, issues as there, there are no incentives from the insurance companies. Or there won't be any incentives from the insurance company as you have right now for those that take care of themselves. Uh, so you're not going to get those breaks. You know, maybe Congress should force uh, the fast food chains to post some nutritional information for all of their products in plain view. Ah, uh, well, yeah, guess what? They did that, too. And, uh, look, they, by them forcing them to do that, it's all well and good. Uh, but that's not going to stop people from eating McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, In-N-Out Burger, all that stuff, or what have you. What the government needs to do is understand that for those people that are in poor areas, it's cheaper for them to go to, to the dollar menu at McDonald's or Burger King or something for, you know, as opposed to buying a healthy sandwich, uh, a sandwich for lunch. That's a dollar versus five to seven bucks. So it's a big difference. And that's something that uh, I guess that they, they don't get a handle on. That eating healthy costs more money. 
believe it or not. You would think it would cost less uh, not eating processed foods, but actually it, it, it costs substantially more. That's like you going to a regular supermarket, then you go to a Whole Foods, you buy an orange for like 50 cents in one place, you're probably spending a dollar in the other, and that's the reality of life. And now here's the kicker. Now let's say you're dead broke, struggling along with your family, you're struggling to keep the lights on, food on the table, so on and so forth, and you can't afford health insurance, but you are a U.S. citizen. Well, you're going to have to find a way to buy it because if you don't, you will get slapped with a penalty at tax time for not having health insurance. So, and after the two years, two year phasing of this whole uh, bill, uh, that tax consequence could be upwards of 750 bucks. Uh, that's like, hey, thanks for not having insurance all year, pal, and you wind up paying that. And look, who do I think benefits the most? I think that the insurance companies and the pharmaceutical companies, they teamed up and they lobbied for this thing like a son of a gun. They had to because I see them being the biggest beneficiaries because more people have insurance, hey, they have to deal with the insurance companies and they're going to go and wind up using pharmaceuticals. So who who benefits? You have the likes, the likes of Aetna or even Merck. They're going to they're going to be the biggest beneficiaries along with along with Pfizer and a and, and the, all the insurance companies, the insurance group, and the pharmaceutical group, they will be the beneficiaries, no matter any which way you slice it or dice it. That's what's going to wind up happening. So it's probably not a not the worst idea in the world if you are an investor in the stock market. Uh, hey, to go and invest in insurance companies and pharmaceutical companies, because as this uh, thing moves forward, uh, they're they're going to be the beneficiaries. So. You know, there you go. That's what's actually happening with the health care reform. And uh, it's more uh, more like health insurance reform, not health care, because I don't see anything here saying, hey, we're going to give you better health care. You know, I don't see anything about the hospitals and all that other stuff. It's all about insurance. You know, it comes down to the uh, the money, I guess. And it seems that the voters are really going for this. So, hey, so be it, you know. Uh, for those that can't afford insurance that are that don't have it like that because they don't have a job or whatever the case may be, they're the ones that are going to suffer. But I don't hear any uh, lobbyists uh, or any voices for them. So I guess we'll see where this thing goes. But I think you have a good picture of what's going to wind up happening. Now, let me take a quick break and uh, play a little tune. And we'll be back with Julie Weintraub. The odds of becoming a signed artist and having three number one albums... One in 100 million. The odds of going on to win six Grammy Awards. One in 1.4 million. And the odds of this performer having a child diagnosed with autism. One in 150. I'm Tony Braxton, and I encourage you to learn the signs of autism at AutismSpeaks.org. Autism Speaks. It's time to listen. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. The Sierra Crew Cab doesn't just offer more horsepower, more towing, more payload, and more torque than Rammer Tundra. Sierra offers a locking rear differential, which locks when Ram and Tundra's limited slip slips. Never send a truck to do a Sierra's job. The 2010 GMC Sierra made the best truck win. 
These tunes just fuel my dreaming. Never ever wanna stop believing. It's hard to see the bigger picture when I can't see two feet in front of me. Existing in my mind's own prison. The thoughts are always rushing, keep on coming, cutting like incisions. The walls are closing in, my patience wearing thin. I can't keep these thoughts from pouring out. Don't even try to hold me down. Yeah, baby, can you feel me now? I'm just gonna show you how, like a bullet through the brain, I'm a Searching so long and all alone, never was a meaning. I keep believing, so my bleeding wants somebody calm my breathing. I just want my freedom from my demons. Every day I live to beat 'em. The walls are closing in, my patience wearing thin. I can't keep these shots from pouring. I can't keep these shots from pouring. I can't keep these shots from pouring out. Out. Don't even try. My name is Linda McMahon, and I'm running for the United States Senate. I'm not a career politician. I'm a businesswoman. I was the CEO of a successful company right here in Connecticut that's traded on the New York Stock Exchange. Success didn't come easy. When my husband and I started our business, we went bankrupt, and we were forced to start over without any bailouts from the government. We lost our home and couldn't get any credit, but we were able to rebuild with vision and hard work. 
I understand and share the frustration and fear of so many Americans that career politicians are hopelessly out of touch and taking our country in the wrong direction. That's why I'm running. It's time for the people of Connecticut to get their voice back. It's time for a fiscal conservative who won't be bought and paid for by special interests. It's time for a different kind of senator. I'm Linda McMahon, candidate for U.S. Senate, and I approve this message. Paid for and authorized by Linda McMahon for Senate 2010. This is Phoebe Price, and you're listening to the UCW Radio Show. In your face. Okay, we're back, and I need to let everyone know that the latest issue of the UCW Magazine is now available online. Uh, features this month include the Women of Weapon, the new reality show, uh, from Seinfeld and Smallville, uh, Phil Morris, a great actor, uh, martial arts leader Alan Goldberg, the very first Natural Miss Olympia, John Hansen, he wrote an article, uh, singer-recording artist uh, Tina Sugan, pro bodybuilder Eric Broza, recording artist Alex Kalise, as well as recording artist Tara London, Playboy cover model Lana Taylor, hustler model Crystal Rain, and a big pictorial by pro photographer Raymond Wheel, uh, IFBB bikini pro Marcia Prince, uh, fitness pro Charlotte Cormier, she uh, wrote an article, and so much more. It's jam-packed. It's a jumbo issue. You can uh, view it. Read the articles, some good stuff in there, ucwmagazine.com, that's www.ucwmagazine.com. And now, uh, hey, without further ado, we have entrepreneur and humanitarian Julie Weintraub on hold, so uh, let's patch her in and uh, introduce her to our listeners. All right, we're here with entrepreneur and humanitarian Julie Weintraub. Julie, welcome to the UCW Radio Show. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Hey, no problem. Thanks for uh, taking time out for us. We always appreciate the time our guests take out. Uh, Julie, let, let's, you know, you're an entrepreneur. You're, you're involved in uh, a lot of charitable work. Uh, I want our listeners to get familiar with you and follow your story a little bit. So maybe, you know, let, let's, let's start at the beginning, you know, with your entrepreneurial career. What, where did you, how did you get involved in business? God, you know, from a young age, actually, you know, we talked a little bit earlier, you know, I, I, uh, you know, had some hard times when I was a younger teenager. By 16, 17, I got myself turned around, and by 20, I was a real estate agent, and I, you know, owned a chain of four restaurants, which uh, I sold out in my mid-20s, uh, probably 27, 28, and then um, I uh, had an interior design business for another uh, 10 years. I've been doing classic elegance interiors, and then... Since then, uh, we have Golden Diamond Source, my husband and I, and um, he's had that for 30 years, actually, now. And uh, through the, the mix of it, um, I always love doing charity work and getting involved in different organizations and, and helping people. I will say people who are single, I'm like, if you were single, which I've, I've never been single, I think, because I've been 18 years old, but I would do some charity work because you meet the nicest people. It's a really enjoyable thing to do. So, it means you're um, popular. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it is. It is a fun thing to do. So now, currently, uh, we just opened a foundation, the Hands Across the Bay. Uh, Julie Weintraub's Hands Across the Bay, and it's handsacrossthebay.com. And um, we have Golden Diamond Source as well, and a drop line. So I keep myself busy. <laughs> oh, well, it sounds like you're busy. But what I want to do, I want to crank back a little bit, Julie, because sure. I, I really want to, you know, uh, tell the story, tell your story. 
you know, you said you, you started, you got involved in business when you were 16, 17. You know, what actually sparked, sparked it in you to, to do that? Was there a circumstance that something happened that you said, you know what, this is the only way you're going to survive? I'm just trying to pull that out of you so that sure. you, can, you can connect with our listeners. You know what, the, the funniest thing of it was, I mean, our family did okay. But, you know, as many kids, you know, back in the day, my parents got divorced after about 25 years. And I spent a few years having a rough road. I mean, seventh grade, I um, dropped out of school. Uh, well, I, I stayed back in seventh grade. Ninth grade, they were going to keep me back in. I just dropped out through in the towel and wasn't doing things the way I could be. I was feeling sorry for myself and failing and, and um, doing things I shouldn't have been doing. And I read a book one day. Um, and it was called, someone gave it to me, one of the teachers actually. I mean, the teachers, I remember all those teachers that took me aside and really cared for me and tried to help me straighten out. I think they saw something in me I didn't see in myself at the time. And one teacher gave me this book. I remember the name it was called Your Erroneous Zones. And it was a really neat book. And it follows the theory that um, it's not what happens to you in life. Your parents have divorced, you have a rough road, and you have to move and all this kind of stuff going on. It's how you react to those situations that the same situation can happen to two different people, and it's really our choice how we react to it. So I realized I can either um, be angry and upset about some of the things that have taken place in my life and, and make bad choices, go out and drink beer and skip school and, and fail and then do that, or I can consciously make that decision that I'm going to um, be a successful member of this community despite what um, has happened to me in the past, that my past doesn't determine my future. And that was a, it was a, you know, epiphany for me. It changed my life completely. Um, from those few days on, I went back to school. I sat down and met with all the teachers. I got straight A's. <laughs> I mean, I really did a 180. It was amazing. And um, I did great. And so I ended up, um, and it was so much easier. I found life was so much easier. Even doing well in school was easier than failing, as odd as that sounds. And uh, life was just so much better for me. I thought, well, I've, I've got a secret here that, how easy it is to change. You know, some people just don't never realize that that's the case. So by um, 20, so, I'd gone so, to real estate so, so school. Sometimes they realize kind of late in life. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd gone to real estate school, so I went back, and actually that was my first thing into volunteering is probably the Humane Society and also mentoring at the school when I was 20. Um, and I'd done well. By 20 years old, I bought my first Corvette and was driving around and I uh, had a uh, down payment to put on a, a three-bedroom house. That oh, was hold on, hold, hold, hold up, Julie. Let's get back to the Corvette. What kind of Corvette did you yeah. have? It was a teal green. Um, what was the name of the ones that had the, the special edition ones with the, the uh, convertible roof? It was great. It was the best car. I had a blast with that thing. Oh, yeah. Well, but, that, um, that, that's why you were never single, Julie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that teal green one with the black convertible roof and you know, it, it, you had to almost be laying on the floor to get into it, but it was so much fun. I mean, I, and I was happy that I was doing well, and I decided I want to keep a, you know, steady relationship, and, you know, this is by the time I was 18, and um, I uh, I had a great time doing that. I mean, it all worked out phenomenally uh, for me. So I went back to the school, as what I was telling you earlier, and I thought, i got to go back and tell these kids, you know, I'm thinking there's other girls like me in this school right now, and they don't know how easy it is to change your life, and you don't have to fail. It doesn't matter if your parents got divorced or what happened here or what, what you've gone through. You literally can consciously make that decision to change your life. So I, I started into my volunteering going back to the school and talking to some of the kids uh, that were in there now that were struggling at high risk. I went back and kind of told them my story, and um, I just have gone on from there. 
So, so let me let me just uh, put this in a nutshell. You went out there. You 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 were doing. Uh, you weren't doing well in school, and a teacher stepped up, gave you something that actually opened your eyes. Right. Okay, right. and then then you were right. able to to go and get yourself together, school wise, and and get involved in business. And you saw that the the world has a lot more to offer you than you yeah. thought. Yeah, and I've, I've been so blessed. So now I'm not, and God, I wouldn't change anything that's happened, you know. And and when we came from having a, a wealthy New England family to my mom and I moving down there and her being a single mom and us struggling and you know, at 15, I had to go bust tables to help her keep the house and keep our electricity on. We've had our electric turned off and stuff like that. But having those experiences, I think, have made me who I am today. Now we're we're doing very well, of course. I'm, um, you know, very thankful for prosperous businesses that we have and that have done well. But I'll never forget where I came from. And when I see people struggling like that, I do feel it, you know, more than sometimes is comfortable. But I know I'm that way for a reason. So um, I'm so thankful that I'm here that if there's anything I can do to help somebody else get a leg up or if I see a single mom and her electricity is about to be able to shut off, you know, I know what a difference it would make to that family at that time if I could say, hey, let me take care of that this month. So that was really inspiration behind me finally doing my own foundation that I can do it through my own and get it done without having to pull favors from other people to get it done. Right. You know? Well, I think that, so, you know, just to touch on what you went through. And you were originally from New England? Um, actually, originally I'm from England. Um, oh, from I'm England? Eurasian, actually. Yes. Okay. Right. <laughs> I lost my accent completely. I moved to the United States when I was seven years old. I moved to New York. But because I was a little kid with a strong British accent, I tried so hard to get rid of it. So I took all my ahs and made them as and <laughs> changed oh. my accent. So oh, now I'm wow. the only one in my family without a British accent. But my father is East Indian. So yeah. I'm, my mother's side's English all the way back. My father's side's East Indian all the way back. That's interesting. That, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. So you, so you actually, your, your mom left England, came to the U.S., came to New York to start a new life. Yes, yeah, to start a new life. And uh, we lived up in New England. We lived in New York and Massachusetts. And I moved down. My parents actually got, ended up getting divorced after 25 years, as I said. And my mother and I moved down here. Um, in 1987, and a funny story, she literally looked at a map of Florida and said, oh, look at this, Clearwater, that sounds like a lovely place. <laughs> and literally, we packed up and moved to Clearwater um, with about $20,000 she had from an inheritance, and we bought a little condo and, and made the best of it, so it was good. So, But you know, with, funny? with the things that you went through, and I think that that's pretty cool, the things you went through, there, you had bumps in the road, you had rough times, but those rough times is what builds your character. Yes, yes. And I think it does to anyone. I tell people that. I'm like, what you're going through, it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. It also makes you a much more interesting person, you know? Yeah, no, <laughs> you know, so. You have something else to talk about beyond uh, the weather. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. And I, you know what? I find I'm much more comfortable around people who have, you know, experience life to all degrees. I mean, I know what it's like to be rich. I know what it's like to be poor. I've been both several times in my 37 years of life. <laughs> so, you know, and, and uh, three, four years ago, our company was doing okay, not that great. Now we're having the best, most profitable years we've had, we've had in 30 years. So, um, you know, you, you're thankful for what you have when you have it. And uh, never forget that, um, you know, next year it may not be like it is this year. So um, I just make the best of it. 
or you have to enjoy life. Now, let's talk about uh, your, uh, before we talk about the, the gold and diamond source, because we'll get into that in a second, I want to talk about your fashion stuff, Julie. Yes, yes. Tell us about that. Yeah, tell us about Entrada Couture. Let's hear that. And Tricator is a great line. Maria McGill is the um, talent and, uh, and uh, mastermind behind this. She actually did season one of the hit ABC show, Dancing with the Stars. Okay. You know, when they first started, they were going to take different outfits and cut them up and, you know, put them together. And she said she'd been in the ballroom industry a long time. She's like, no, if I'm going to do it, I want to do it my way. And even if I just pay for it myself, which she did. Right. And um, so she did all the outfits. And she's an incredible designer. Um, she... Uh, puts every Savorsky crystal on by hand. I mean, she the, the design she makes for the dresses, you've seen the outfits on Design to Shine. She, she's just incredible. So she made, she's been making all those outfits for ballroom dancers all over the world for years. Um, but um, that was a big debut for her uh, doing that there. And um, now people seek her out uh, from all over uh, to do their costumes. She does them on So You Think You Can Dance and a lot of different places. But when I went into her shop, we do a local version of that. It's called Tampa Bay's Dancing with the Stars, um, which I actually head up now. But when I was first asked to be one of the local celebrities to do it, I walked into her warehouse, and I, I've never left. It was incredible. Every girl's dream of just a warehouse full of these beautiful fabrics and dresses done and divorcing crystal dripping off of them and so sexy, the backs and I mean, they're just gorgeous. You've probably seen some on, uh, if you Google my name or, or on my uh, website or what have you, but they're incredible. So I'm um, like, let's do a dress line, you know, that, you know, I'm not a ballroom dancer, but I want to wear these dresses. So what do you do? Well, we came up with Entrada uh, Couture, which is a high-end ball uh, gown line that if you're going to a wedding or you're getting married or you're going to a special event, whatever it is you're going to, I mean, Miss America pageants, all those different things. So we make beautiful gowns for different celebrities, too, and the, the Emmys and Oscars or what have you. Right. We custom-make gowns to fit different women's bodies. And the unique thing about them is the materials that she makes them out of and the way she makes them. She really makes women, she knows how to put them together and make you know each woman's body look just amazing. So they're, they're, they're gorgeous. Oh, so you've so had... com. It's a great, great well, dress line. Julie, let me ask you something about Contrada. Now, you've had... Uh... You've had uh, people that attend the Oscars and the Emmys and whatnot, and the Grammys, uh, wear yeah. your your designs. Yes, we've had. Um, That's great. Iconic, and I don't want to say any wrong names uh, that we've had. I know, like Lauren Sanchez, who's on Extra Extra, uh, has worn them before. Um, I don't know all the names, and I don't want to say someone the, the the wrong name. But we've had some people here uh, from our area that have gone to the Emmys that wore the dresses. Um, so we'll go out to LA quite a bit. I'm going down to Miami actually on the second to sit uh, a woman down there. I mean, she's her name is uh, Evangeline Gutierrez. She's like the female Donald Trump. She's just amazing, very elegant, beautiful woman. But women like that is what we specialize in. If it's uh, a celebrity out in LA, that we'll, we'll go out there and give them dresses. And sometimes I don't even know everyone that they're they're fitting to put out. We try and get the pictures back. Um, and we need to be better about that because I'll put jewels on people. We have some incredible jewelry that we put out um, and also the dresses. But um, we were going down to custom fit her for um, a beautiful town for uh, an event that she's got coming up. So that's kind of our market right now. I would like to come up with a, uh, we do actually have it, but we haven't had it placed yet, um, a line of um, ball gown inspired gowns for Neiman Marcus or Saks Avenue that people can go in there and buy that are a little more reasonable than having them custom made by Maria herself. 
Right. So, uh, so you have your custom-made gowns, but you're also uh, you're going to be coming out with a line that's more for the general public. More for the general public, that we can be, be carried in, in a high-end um, store, of course. It would be like a Neiman Marcus or a Saks. So uh, we're going to get in with those folks here soon and, and talk to them about how we can get in and, and uh, uh, have them carry our line. But I think it would do really well. Um, you know, because people love that kind of stuff. They love those dresses, and this is a good way for them to get, you know, when they see the show, Dancing with the Stars, or so you think you can dance, they're like, oh, look at that gown. And, you know, they can have a version of that gown that's more acceptable to wear in the, you know, out to an event um, by shopping with Entrada Couture. Um, and they don't have to go all the way to Maria McGill where her warehouse is. They can go somewhere more localized and get it. And that way, if we do do a mass-produced piece, it's still beautiful. It's still Maria's design, but it's not, you know, she's not sitting there putting every single piece on by hand, and it's not $1,500 to $30,000. <laughs> right, yeah, that, that, that can be a little much for some people, yeah. you know, but when you're yeah. talking about a handmade gown, you know, uh, yeah, you know, uh, it's, 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 it's going to cost you. It makes you a big difference. I'll tell you, you know, the, 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 the theme, the logo that I, I came up with, because I handle more of the promotion. She makes all the dresses for me go to all the different events that I go to. And that was all potluck. That was all potluck for you to get involved in this. Yeah. Yes, it was. You know, I saw, when I went in there, I saw it. I'm like, this is a gold mine. Just, you know, I know there's a lot of other women out there like me. You know, I have my side. I love doing my charity work, but I love beautiful dresses and fashion. And, oh, it was just, it was just absolutely amazing. What girl so, doesn't um, like that? What girl doesn't like to look beautiful, look like uh, Marilyn Monroe or or another That's elegant right. uh, superstar? Everyone wants That's that. That's right. That's right. And you really make it. I mean, when I go to an event wearing a dress, you know, not putting myself down, but, you know, you get a lot of attention because the dress is just amazing. And, uh, and I don't specifically think it's me. I think it's how beautiful the dress looks, you know, when you have it. So. Our theme is, you know, don't just um, show up, make an entrance, and try to couture. I'm sure your husband uh, would argue that point. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope so, but I don't know. Yeah, I think he will. I'll stand up for him this time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He'll argue. That. So, so you got EntradaCouture.com uh, Entrada is the website, and you have yeah. pictures on there. People can see the designs and uh, yeah, see what right. you have yeah, going on. Yeah. We ship all over the place. We fly out. Like we, we had a, a few women that wanted some dresses in Dallas. We flew to Dallas, stayed there overnight, measured them all, fit them, sold them a, a, a bunch of dresses, about thirty thousand dollars worth of dresses, and flew back the next day. Uh, the, que the big question here with Entrada Couture is when, when are these, uh, these reality show housewives going to start calling on you <laughs> to get these I dresses? I know, I know. We, we, we want them to. We'd love to do them for them. So we would work with them. So if they're interested in the dresses, they can check out the website. Our website's being built up more and more. You can look on there and see some of the videos where they're featured in some of the dresses. So, um, they're welcome to get in touch with us and we'd love to make some dresses for them. Yeah, well, I think, uh, I think you have to stick with the ones in, in Atlanta and I, I believe in New York because the ones in California aren't doing too good from what I gather. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I haven't tuned in them as much as I should. Now, isn't there a show like that? Actually, when I went to Dallas, a few of the ladies that we were with, um, a few of them were asked to be on the Dallas Housewives, but they didn't end up going on it. But doesn't that show do well, or is that still going? The ones in there at Dallas Housewives. Uh, I think that they were casting for it, but they didn't launch it yet. But okay. I, I know okay. that they were casting for that one, uh, but I don't know. I mean, it hasn't come out yet. But I'm sure if they were casting for it, that that show will probably pop up somewhere. Because who doesn't like seeing Housewives on TV? Ha ho hum. 
Right. You know, it's uh, we we did that. We did a comparison. We sent in uh, what we would have um, given a customer. I think eight hundred forty dollars is what we would have paid anyone coming in our door for the jewelry, and we sent it in um, to one of the national gold buying companies, and they sent us a check for two hundred eighteen dollars. See, but that that's ridiculous. Now, when you have gold, it's insane. yeah, when you have gold hovering at uh, eleven hundred a troy ounce, and even if someone's bringing in scrap gold. You know, if you get an ounce of gold, let's say, okay, it's it's going to be worth more than a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, of course, it, it depends on the case. You've got 10 carat and 14 carat and all of that. Sure. So, you know, most people don't bring in 24 carat. But still, you want to pay them a fair price. You can right. still, you know, make money doing it. And these companies just don't. We do have um, a commercial actually that's being played across the country now. I had someone in Oregon that they saw my face on TV. <laughs> we're going to watch it the other night. We were just in the Tampa Bay area, and now we're going nationwide. But at least with us, we're showing our faces. We're not hidden in one of these places that was never in the jewelry business, like you said before. They just popped up, and, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's sell gold. And they have no idea what they're doing. My husband's been doing it for 30 years. People can see Steve Weintraub, Julie Weintraub's face. This is who you're dealing with. If you ever have a problem, I don't care if you're from California or you're from Oregon or Tennessee or wherever you're sending us your gold, you can email us. You can actually call up and get us on the phone. Um, so we're not hiding behind anything. And we wouldn't ruin our 30-year reputation trying to rip somebody off. So people can feel a lot more secure when they're sending in their gold to, to uh, people like us. If it's not even us, I always say go to a local jeweler or someone that you know, not these places with the black and yellow signs that are popping up in strip plazas that weren't there before and they're not going to be there three months from now. Yeah. Um, they probably don't have your best interest in mind. No, because no. if, if, if they're buying your, your gold, you mail it in. And it's funny because right. I'm looking at the commercial, right? And I'm looking yeah. at this, and I see them showing the person, putting it in the envelope, hey, I got a check for 100 Hey, I got a check for this. And it's like, okay, yeah. but you're sending your stuff to a ghost. Yes, and you don't know, and how do they know that they're, I mean, do you think that person really cares if they're giving them the, the right price or not? It's just... And, you know, I don't like it because it gives it a bad name. And, you know, I can't imagine sending my things through, you know, through the mail. So we actually didn't do it for quite some time. Right. But we realized there were so many people that were doing it. They can't get out or they're home at night and they did need to send it. So we did start doing and offering that service to our clients because it was in, in high demand for us to do so. Um, so if you're going to take that risk and you're going to send your jewelry that you've collected over the last 10, 25 years, however long it is, at least send it to someone that you know who they are. They're not going to ruin their reputation trying to rip you off. You, you see this is the owner, this is his wife, this is their family, and something like that, not some, um, you know, company that you don't know who these people are. Yeah, yeah, ghosts. That's why I brought it up because, you know, it would, see, what you guys do, you mentioned building relationships. You've been in business for 30 years. You see this cash for gold, this for that, this and that, all this stuff, infomercials up the kazoo. And you see, and you're right. You see the signs. You're driving down the street. You see a sign on a on a post, and this and that. And people actually are sending this stuff in, and they do they're doing it, you know, with, with a smile, but not knowing who they're dealing with. At least with you, with the uh, the gold and diamond source, you know, they can actually pick up the phone and speak to somebody. Yeah, they can see, and they they know they're not going to get. Um ripped off by someone. I mean, one of, one of the 60-minute specials on, I think it was Cash for Gold, it was Cash for Gold, um, one of their ex-employees had come on and said that um, they were trained to, when the person has the right, they said, we can send them whatever they want because they can just say they want it back. So if the person wants to go, and they count on them not bothering to do that, but if the person says, 
boy, I sent all that in. They gave me 90 bucks or 200 bucks, and, you know, I probably should have got closer to 1,000. Um, they were trying to lay it out, making it so they couldn't get through. And by the time the people finally got through, I can't remember exactly how it went, but by the time the time the people actually got through, they say, sorry, your 10 days is up. You've got to keep it, and we're keeping the goal. Yeah, I think it's disgusting. to handle it that way. I think I think it's disgusting the the business practices that you see out there and, and you're right you know when when you're with, with what you're doing if you are if you hold the relationship with your customers at the high at the highest level they can't go wrong so even if you're running a national campaign you know at the end of the day you're not you're still in communication with these people because you're looking to build a relationship beyond that. Yeah, and you know, and send your stuff back. Like we don't. I I went by our processing center the other day. Was we're all in one building. We all work together. We all see what each other's doing. And I peeked in there, and there was bags of stuff that was outgoing mail that was going out. You know what it was? It was all of the stuff that people send in that wasn't real. A lot of times people have a pile of stuff, and some of it's real, and some of it's not real. Well. Most of the companies, if not all of them, they won't send that back unless you request them to. Yeah. So you just kind of have to take their word that, oh, well, half of what you sent wasn't real anyway. And they don't mail it back to them. We take out and test every piece that is real. Every piece that is not real, we package up and mail back to our customers. And we absorb all the costs to do that. Mm. We don't have them pay to do that. Now, we don't have to do that. The other companies don't do that. But to me... I, you know, if, if I was sending my stuff in, and, and you know, I'd want to at least, if it's not gold, then fine, send it back to me. Right. You know, but they're not, they're not doing that as well. Um, and that's something we do above and beyond what most other companies are doing. Um, if we get people stuff, it's not real, we'll send them back the pieces that aren't real. Because if it's not real, there's no need for us to have it. You know, and that's another thing that worries me. I don't know, and I can't say I know of any specific cases where that's happened. But you just have to wonder when, you know, uh, little old ladies and different people are sending in. Um, uh, their jewelry and they, they get a call and say that, uh, you know, 40% of it wasn't real jewelry and they say, we'll just throw it out for you. Um, or you can pay to have it mailed back. You know, is that really the case? Yeah. You know? I think the way you're handling it is the right way. I think you and Steve, the way you guys are handling your business is the right way because you're going to build that, that trust with, with not only your customers, but with, you know, with the United States, with, with, with anyone that, that's looking to do anything, any across the country, yeah, yeah any yeah. consumer that's looking to to go and and sell their jewelry, they they may not have a local jeweler to go to, okay, right. and if they can utilize your service to do that and get a fair price, not get ripped off, get a fair price, and have the ability to actually speak to someone, and also have the ability to say, okay, well. This is Julie Weintraub, and here she is here. Yeah, she is involved in the social scene and the uh, humanitarian scene and so on and so forth. Yeah, I don't think that she's going to go and tarnish her reputation for 500 bucks. No, no. And you know what? That's another thing, Louis, I do get a lot. You know, and when I did it, I didn't do it with this in mind. I actually, I mean, we always did charity work. We did one of the three different events that we fully supported a year. I've done it for, for years, but we really stepped it up back when the economy was really taking a dive. One story in particular, a guy um, ended up killing himself uh, by police suicide in front of his kids that were my kids' age. My husband and I have five kids between the two of us. We're one short of the Brady Bunch, but two of the children were my kids' age. And 
it just killed me. I thought over an electric bill. I, you know, so we we thought, and I, at the time, like I said, three or four years ago, we were doing good, but not doing phenomenal. And I thought, we don't have a lot of cash to give away, but we've got a lot of jewelry. We have a 7,000 square foot showroom. I'm like, let me go in. I take them little pieces. I take them out. I don't just hand people jewelry and say, here, go take it to your event and good luck. And I go and I work these events. I sell the raffle tickets with them and do the best I can to raise. I can take a $1,000 piece and raise five or 6000 you know, if it's, it's done right. So, um, you know, I go and work the events, and it was amazing me how much money we were able to make. But my, my point was our customer base, and I think a lot of the reason we're doing better now than we have in, in so many years, so many people say, you know what, I've shopped with so-and-so jeweler for, for 10 years or 20 years or 5 years, and I've never seen them out of this event. They've never given me anything from my kids' school. I've never... You know, you know, I never see them out doing this. You know, instead of us being home and in bed, we're out busting our butt trying to raise money for these different charities. I think if I am in the market for um, jewelry, high-end diamonds or jewelry or to cash in my gold, whatever uh, service that we happen to offer, they think I'm going to do business with those people because they're giving back to our community. So I think people feel confident um, and feel more happy about giving us the business because they know the more they support us, the more we're pouring back in the community. And that, and that certainly worked that way. Um, I mean, we have our parking lots full all the time. I mean, it's um, we're so blessed. But the more they're giving back, I mean, I'm doing one to three events a week. I constantly have jewelry that I'm sending out of here. At, I mean, I give it away. And I, not only do I give it away, I go and work the event. So I think our area, the area knows, and hopefully the country will know too, that the more support we get, the more we're giving back. We're not just taking it and sitting back like fat cats. <laughs> we definitely have an interest in making sure we raise everybody's standard of living because those are all the people we're living in the community with. But the, the, these so it's in all of our interest. But that path that you, that you guys went on obviously was impacted by your past. And yeah. what, what you've seen, because you, I think so. yeah, because you don't want to, you don't want to see any. I'm sure even today, you don't want to see anybody go through what you went through if you can do something to change it. So mm-hmm. because you change things for yourself, but some people may not have that vision, may not have that 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 thing in them. They wake up in the morning right. and says, "Okay, yeah, today's going to be a different day. Today, I'm going to make something happen. I'm going to I'm going to invoke change in my life." But you did that for yourself. So right. by you helping them, you know, maybe you're giving them that boost up to hopefully so. hopefully do something about it. Even though, look, let the truth be told, people do take advantage. Yeah. They do yeah. take advantage. Yeah. But that isn't uh, thwart your path. You're, you're still going forward and doing stuff. Now, moving from the gold and diamond source, which we can talk about all day because I actually can't, but I, I won't do it. Yeah, and actually we're going to do something. You never get tired of talking about diamonds. <laughs> uh, yeah, diamonds are a girl's best best friend. My God, right. you know, I mean, especially now. What what are we in March? This is like the uh, engagement season, a wedding season, or something. <laughs> That's right, goldendiamondsource.com. Oh, my God, yeah, com. Now, uh, Julie, now let's talk about your humanitarian efforts, your charities. Uh, you know, I know uh, you, this is all recent. I know your foundation just became a reality. This is something yeah. that you were dreaming about trying to get done for some time. So let, let's talk about, you've been doing charity your whole life, but let's talk about your major uh, charity functions and things you've been doing. Um, we just finally, you know, and I avoided it for a while, and I thought for, for several reasons we, we, we decided it was definitely time that we have 
um, our old foundation. People kept telling us we should do it, and we didn't. And we just started our own 5013C, and it's called Julie Weintraub's Hands Across the Bay, um, which has been a, a real blessing for us to have. And, you know, one of the first um, cases that you may have heard of, it was it actually got um, national news coverage, and there's a, a special on ABC on domestic violence that's going to be going out, which is um, going to be featuring uh, Hands Across the Bay and one of our recipients of our, our work. Um, so you have to stay tuned for that. It's a really an amazing story. But her name is Audrey Mabry. Um, Melissa Johnson, Executive Director of, of Hands Across the Bay. It's one of her very good friends. Um, and you may remember the story. She, um, beautiful, long, blonde-haired, gorgeous young girl, worked at Chili's, uh, raised their two kids. She was splitting off with her um, estranged husband, um, who was a New York City uh, uh, police officer and worked down for was it TSA, the security, yeah. um, Homeland Security for a while. Her estranged husband, she came home one day and um, he, she denied his advances. He hit her in the head with a hammer. She has a one-year-old and a four-year-old. She hit her in the head with a hammer, poured gasoline on her and set her on fire. You're kidding me. Her, her body was burned. Over 80% of her body was burned. It wow. was a horrific case. She was in a coma for months. This happened in November of last year. Um, she was in a coma for months. My friend Melissa was just devastated, and I heard the story, and I thought, oh, my God, this poor girl. It, it just killed me. I'm thinking, you know, how it must be for her not to be able to. The father's gone now, and as a mother, knowing I've got a one-year-old and a four-year-old, I can't get to them. I can't care for them. My face is, I'm just, my upper part of my body has been melted. It's just a horrible um, situation to be in. On top of that, she has to think, I have no car, I have no house, I have no idea how I'm going to pay my bills, I have no idea what I'm going to do. So it was just such a sad story. And um, so what we did was um, we thought, let's do something for her to raise some money. Well, I've had a minivan out back I had to have when I first had my kids, and um, then I kind of got, I can't drive a minivan. <laughs> so I'm like, i, I got to get something. As the kids got a little older, I'm like, i got to get something besides a minivan. But I love that minivan. It's such a cool car with the electric doors. And when you have young kids, it's like a must-have. It was like the best thing to be able to stick the kids in and out. But as they got older, I'm like, I can't drive anymore. i got to get something else. It's, it's definitely not a cool bed, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> no, no. You know, you know my taste is, so I'm like, okay, I might move out of that. But I've kept it, and I thought, I want to give this to someone. You know, I don't use it that much. I'm paying for it every month. So I thought, this is perfect for her. So I decided I would donate my minivan. I have low mileage, you know, and everything. So I'm like, let's give the minivan to her. And we decided to do a celebrity bartending event. So we got some athletes to come in. We got Matt Geiger, who used to play for the Sixers. And, and I went out there, and Nancy Alexander, a radio um, host, and um, uh, Ian Buckles, an ex-NFL player. And I got a bunch of people together. We all did a celebrity bartending event. And I called Mary Murphy, you know, the judge, and so you think you can dance. Yes. It was a real fun laugh, right? So I called her. I'm friends with her. I see her when I go out from L.A. back and forth with the dresses and what have you. And um, I'd been friendly with her. She had me on the show before and everything. So I called her and I said, do you mind sending me a headshot or some words, you know, that we can give to this girl? You know, look at this case. Check it out on the website. It's an unbelievable case. And, you know, something from you might be really nice. And Mary had come out about her domestic violence. Um, situation um, about eight months ago. She was on Larry King. It was on the cover of U.S. Weekly, and um, it got a lot of uh, press for talking about what had happened to her. So I thought this, she loved the show. This Audrey loved uh, Mary Murphy and her show. So I thought that would be nice. Well, I got a call um, 
a week before the event, Mary called me. She said, pick me up at the airport. I'm coming in from Australia to L.A., and I'm flying over to you, so pick me up at the airport. I'm coming in. I'm like, wow, that's great. So it worked out great. She came in for the event, um, and it just did phenomenal. We did back-to-back interviews with all kinds of different uh, TV stations. ABC special uh, domestic violence followed us to the airport when I went to pick Mary up and uh, with Audrey so they can talk to her about what was going on and, and, you know, bring awareness to the domestic violence issue. Um, so Audrey's one of our recipients of, you know, we're giving her a car and we raise some money so she has money in the bank and nice. we're doing ongoing things for her. And, and through our website, um, Hands Across the Bay, which is being built up more and more, it's very simple now, but we've got an amazing website coming more and more. But right now if you go to the website, you can go to handsacrossthebay.com, you'll see her story and people can go there and donate to her. And I'll have different cases like that on my website that are, are, are very touching. I can't, of course, do all of them, but as many as I can. And if I'm uh, on a TV show or radio show, people can go and donate. Well, that story is touching to me for this reason or that. And donate to that person. But um, I'll tell you what, Louis, meeting this girl, and sometime I'd love to have you talk to her. Her attitude is just amazing. And she is still such a beautiful girl. And, her, I mean, what she's been through, I mean, uh, you know, her hair, she lost all of her hair and her face and throat, she can barely lift her arms, you know, she can't lift her one-year-old. I mean, it's horrific what she's had to go through, but what a great attitude she has. Can I ask you a question, Julie, just out of curiosity since we're talking about that, because, and I'll say this, that whole situation, you know, is is disgusting, you know, that, uh, I mean, what, what kind of man would do that? You know, did, did this, did this, uh, and he's a cop too? Oof. He's a cop. He's in solitary confinement in Pinellas County Jail. Yeah, um, he, she should be cop. because they he's do not like people that abuse women in prison. Yeah, and set <laughs> someone on fire who's the mother of your children. Yeah. This guy's got to be really, really sick, yeah. you know, to well, do something. Sure. And if you saw her, um, you know, it's, it's, it, it's really, it, it takes you back, you know, but she's such a beautiful, bright young lady, and, you know, a lot of good things are going to happen to her. Uh, Reality Cares is a, a, and uh, Monsters and Critics, Mary Murphy brought them at both ends, which are two great organizations. So we all work together. They're, hopefully, they're telling her story as well, and I think they're on the West Coast there, and uh, we're trying to get people to help donate, you know, plastic surgery. I think the doctors here will do what's, do what's necessary, but she doesn't have insurance and all of that kind of stuff going on. So um, we're trying to get people to continually you know, help this young lady, maybe help her with some plastic surgery so she can recover um, some uh, uh, more skin, you know, on her face and everything so she can be more and more happy with her uh, external appearance. Yeah, no, without so, a doubt. I mean, I think, I mean, this story is, to me is, is amazing. Shocking. That, that, that you, it's shocking. Yeah, and her name is Audrey, right? Audrey Mabry, and it's on the handsacrossthebay.com on the website, and you can read her story, and you'll see some of the TV interviews that are there. I don't think all of them are up there yet, but you can see more about it, but, um, you know, she she uh, has had a really rough time. She didn't, nobody deserves anything like this to happen to them, and, you know, on top of that, you know, how is she going to work? What, what is she going to do? You leave someone like that, what are they supposed to do? So, I think we all need to come together as a community to help people like that. You know, and, and through my, my foundation now, instead of always going to other people to do this or do this fundraiser and that, I can go and spread the word and, and talk about her story and other stories that I, that, uh, uh, very compelling stories that we will be having on the website 
You know, if people hear about them and say, wow, that's awful, you know, I'd like to send in 50 bucks or 100 bucks or, you know, 10,000 or whatever they want to send in, it goes through a PayPal right to her. Um, there's no uh, red tape and, you know, people all get paid and then a percentage of it ends up getting to her, you know, through my foundation. Every cent of what someone sends for Audrey is going to go to Audrey. Okay, well, that, that, that's good to know. And I think, you know, look, this just happened to her in November, right? November, yeah. I think and, it was November 19th of uh, 2009, yeah. And, and, you know, if you if you didn't step in, no one would know her story. No one would have cared. And well, I, 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 I think what you're doing is amazing, Julie. I'm just going to tell you that well, because you, you're giving a voice, but you're giving a voice to people that, don't have that voice. Not only are you giving a voice, but you're actually helping them to get stronger to get themselves together. Yeah. I, when I get frustrated, I get doing, you know, what I'm, we're doing, and, and we all work hard at it. And it's not only me, but, you know, doing this, if I'm, you know, I just would think, you know, what the work was put into this and what went into that night. Right now, she doesn't have to worry. I mean, we haven't raised enough for her to live, you know, long term, but right now, she's got money in the bank. She's got a car in the driveway. And um, we've had people come forward to donate um, uh, a uh, place for her to live, you know, for a year. Um, but, I mean, of course, there's, and in the beginning, people always donate a lot. Um, I'm keeping her. She will be on Hands Across the Bay website for a long time to come because these people, a lot of times in the beginning, people will come up and be interested and they want the story. But four months down the road, she's still Audrey Mabry. She's still burnt over 80% of her body when it's not a new story anymore. She's still going to be there trying to figure out how to take care of her one-year-old and her four-year-old, you know? So uh, we got to keep these people's voices out there. And, and, and if everybody gives a little bit, you know, if everyone, even in our area, gave a dollar or five bucks, you know, we could help set this young lady uh, for quite some time. So, you know, this part of doing what I do is very uh, rewarding for me, you know. Well, I think you're doing a great service. For the community, you're doing a great service for, for the people that you're you're helping, and uh, again, you know they should be very grateful that you went through what you went through in your life. Because I guarantee you that if you didn't go through that stuff, you wouldn't be doing all this stuff today. So yeah, you know everything in life happens for a reason, Julie. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do believe it does. I, I wouldn't change. Uh, I wouldn't change anything. And I tell people that one, my, one of my best friends yesterday, I was devastated. I just found she was um, diagnosed with MS, and, you know, she's uh, a year older than me. I think she's 38. She's going to be talking about my age on the radio, but um, uh, her name is Susan Young, and she's just an amazing woman, a single mom. And, you know, it was, it was really, uh, really hard to, uh, you know, handle that news. But, you know, and I said to her, Something good comes out of every tragedy and, and, and anything. And even if you can't imagine what it could be at the time, something will good will come out of it. And it's early in the stages for me, but I firmly believe that something good will come out of it. And this, her story, uh, her, her, the father of her child is missing, who was, uh, we're 90% sure was murdered. So she's a single mom with a daughter. The father, you know, has gone missing. His name is Bob Halfrey, which is really kind of strange because he was drinking. Apparently, if you're drinking at the time that you go missing, um, they're not real interested in looking for you because they think you're just drunk and in the bushes somewhere. <laughs> and uh, he was never looked for properly. This guy's a Gulf War veteran, um, uh, and uh, he certainly deserves to be 
uh, looked for a lot harder than he was. Um, they just figured he was out on a drinking bench, and they left it too long. They didn't track his cell phone. They didn't look. They didn't do a lot of things they could have done in the very beginning that would have probably found uh, what happened to him. Um, and we knew some foul play was involved right away. Um, but so she, this little girl, Zoe, has lost her father. And, um, you know, now she, they've struggled so much over the years with all of these things that have happened. And now um, her mother's got MS. And, you know, you just wonder sometimes how much stuff can hit one person, you know. Yeah. But um, anyway, you just uh, take cases like that. And, and, and here it's close to home. This is one of my best friends growing up. So um, I can see Sue will probably end up being one of the recipients of um, the Hands Across the Bay. Uh, that may help her and Zoe get through the time um, because, again, she's been left without uh, their ever finding out what happened to Bob uh, Halfrey. Um There's no benefits for the daughter because there's no funeral that can happen or what have you. So um, it's, everything's left in limbo. So they're trying to arm their own there. <laughs> they, they didn't declare him deceased or anything. No, so no. And I, I they don't can't know, get the military I, I, benefits. Yes, and if that happened, she would have that but because... Um, the ball was dropped in such a bad way, there's no, you know, there's no uh, doing that. No one's done that. Um, you know, and, I, and I, I've got to check into it a little more and see what we can do after so many years. I think it's been five or six years now um, he's been gone. Um, that after a certain amount of time, hopefully they can do that. So there can be some relief for this uh, for Susan and Zoe, you know. Well, with technology so. now and how things are, it's different than it was five or ten years ago. You know, even five years ago, they could track your phone. They could have done that. Yeah, they could have dumped the, the phone. The detective, for whatever reason, he waited uh, until, like, I think it was four, three, four, five days later before he even did that. And, and I'm thinking, of course, his cell phone battery is going to be dead. They, they had to do it while the cell phone's still on. Yeah. So if somehow he had that in his pocket or wherever he was at the time, they would have been able to track him. But they didn't even bother doing that for four or five days. It just... You know, and they, they kept saying, oh, well, he's probably out drinking. You know, he was, when he left the bar, he had had a, a lot to drink. He was tipsy, and he was going to meet a friend and go home. And um, he, uh, and, and I, his, when we were to, we would get together with him when his, you know, Susan and I would be in town. We would have to leave wherever we were to go let his dog out. He loved his dog, and he loved his kids. He, and it always amazed me, even though they didn't get along. I mean, they got along good as friends, but not as a husband and wife how into his kids and his dog. He was crazy about his dog. Everything, we had to drive 45 minutes to make sure we took his dog for a walk. But he never showed up. He left his dog with no food, no water, no one. He never returned home again after he called this guy, Zach, to go and meet him uh, to drop something off. We, we don't know what, at 1230 at, at night. You know, and the guy's a golf war veteran. He's a good guy. He managed a restaurant, the Thirsty Marlin. Um, he, I think he deserved a little bit better than that. I'm like, we, you know, this guy fought for us in a war. He went missing, and we really just, they didn't bother. They thought, oh, he's drunk somewhere, but he'll show up. And, and then they tried to say that they thought, because he thought her child support that he took off. And, you know, of course, I realized that wasn't the case. But this was four or five days later, and then it was too late to do the phone tracking and all of those things. And, but the authorities um, never you know. did anything beyond that. No, they all. If, if, if I think the parents call and stuff like that, they'll they'll check in and say, "Oh, we're checking with so and so," and you know, but not a whole lot was done. I uh, actually tried to contact the, uh, uh, the detective. Um, one of the detectives that works with him came in our store um, about a year ago, and, and uh, you know, I talked to him about. It and he's like, "Yeah, he he, you know, admitted that the guy believed that he was just." Um, he was just uh, out uh, drinking or just left because of child support, and obviously that wasn't the case. They realized that was a mistake, but, um, 
you know, uh, they have a put, and I'm like, this should be all over the place. We have a, a human being who just disappeared off the face of the earth, and it was only on the news once. It was like the strangest thing. Um, you know, I just think, and I thought to myself, so you know, the, the okay, local media didn't step up and do anything further. No, no, they did. They did one story, maybe one or two stories on it, and then they moved on. And Way I to think, go, Tampa I, Bay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't real, you know, and they're great, the media's been very supportive, and they're very supportive of me in a lot of the events that I do, and I wasn't in the community then as much as I am now, because I would have had a lot more pull, and I would have made sure that didn't happen, but um, four or five years ago, um, I was a lot more under the radar than I am now, so there wasn't, you know, I didn't have the pull that I have now to get it the media attention I wanted to, but it's just bizarre, this person's missing, we don't know whatever happened to him or what happened to his his car. A lot of balls were dropped. Someone saw his someone driving his car and ran the license plate um, a few counties away that the guy didn't punch in the right stuff, so nobody knew what police officer it was, or so we couldn't get a description of who was driving the car and just say, um, you know. Anyway, so situations like that. My point is, you know, and now I've, I've got my best friend that's been put in a situation like this that, um, you know, those are the kind of people we can't take on every case. But we can take on some of these cases and actually do something to help them. But you're, you're specifically uh, dealing with things in the uh, Tampa Bay area. Um, this actually cases out of Massachusetts. Right now, majority of what we do is that people, it's only because we're here. We right. travel all over. It won't only be the Tampa Bay area. I mean, I, I'm out on the West Coast. I go down to Miami. I go up to New England. So um, it won't only be that. Probably majority because of my main bases here in the Tampa Bay area will be here. We are actually, I can't tell you much about it now, working on a re reality show which will involve dancing and um, uh, uh, charities, uh, doing a show together which will be a national show on one of the major networks. So that will be a great, uh, uh, you know, thing to do and also will probably pull in different um, uh, cases from all over the country. So, no, I won't limit it to just the Tampa Bay area. If I hear a story like Susan Young's up in Massachusetts or, or you know, someone else that's in another state, I wouldn't turn it down. That, that's good to hear. And the thing is, all you need is a vehicle to, to keep spreading the word. And doing a reality show and getting it out like that is always a big yeah. plus. Yeah, yeah. And, that would be great. Yeah, and then we'll That'd do anything, great. you know, we'll do anything on our end to help promote what you're doing. To, to well, try we to appreciate get, that, yeah. you and your show. And we appreciate you contacting, contacting me and offering to have me on the show. I mean, that's nice of you to do that. I'm sure you've got a lot of interesting people to talk to. <laughs> so we appreciate you're interesting you letting, you know, too, Julie. Look, <laughs> look at you. Look at what you're doing. You know, you you, you came from 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 nothing and you built yourself up to what where you're at today and you know what? You're just starting. You're just starting. You you're not even close to being done with your mission. And yeah. at the end of the day, you know, when time goes on, the decades go on, you would have left behind a dynasty for yourself. Well, I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. I hope that, like, those few people that would pull me aside and, and, and check on me and see how I'm doing and take time to bring me clothes or bring me a book or do something for me, I hope I make those differences in as many people's lives as I can because I know how much it means someone grabbing you right at that right time and giving you a hand up and or, you know, taking a few words to care about you. So I definitely want to give that back. I like the fact that you that you use the word hand up and not hand out. Hand up, yes. We don't do handouts. I don't, that, that, you know, I've been, people, you know, I've been in a third world country, you know, and there are some rough things that happen here. But, you know, in America, we do have a lot of different great organizations like that we have here. And, 
you know, there are people that there's no way, no matter what you give them, couldn't get get to another level. So we live in one of the best countries in the world. I mean, I'm from England. I'll tell you, uh, we're all so fortunate here. And, and if you really want to get a uh, reality check with that, go to another country. But um, <clears throat> I definitely do hand up, not hand out. You know, I don't want to sit back and not do anything. They, I'm a very tough, you know, woman. I work hard and do what I need to do. And um, you know, I help out people who want to help themselves. I've learned the hard way that, uh, you know, just handing people, uh, you know, out and if they just want to hang out and not do anything to help themselves, there's not much you can do for them. No. They've got to want to get better or want to move on uh, for, for us to be able to help them. Yeah, but I'll tell you this much, just to uh, to expand on that thought of yours. Yeah, you're, you're in the United States is the land of opportunity. You know, I've yeah. been to third world countries. Uh, you know, my recent yeah. trip was to Africa. And if you want to get a reality check, you, you yeah. go you go to, to the ghetto in Africa. Okay, yeah. that is a reality check times 12. And you yeah. appreciate yeah. what you have over here. And, and, yeah. and you have opportunity. You know, the only thing that stops a person from doing what they want to do and succeed is themselves. Right. That's right. Okay. You That's know. Right. But you there, going there, out? There and, is help out there. Yeah, but you going out and giving a hand up to someone is like, okay, you're you're in a bad spot. Here you go. This is going to help you to get to a better spot. Now run from there. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And you know what? We're new in it. We don't have a ton of money in our account by any means at all now. So we're trying to build that up. Right now, what we can do is, you know, if they're, you know, I just think when I was a kid, you know, my mom, we just couldn't pay the electric bill that month or whatever. We couldn't. I want to be able to just be able to say, here, let come to me. We can take care of that this month. Here's two months, catch up and, and be on your way. Sometimes there's something as little as that. I have grand plans for the future and building Hands Across the Bay to be an amazing foundation and be able to help in a much larger way. Um, but, of course, I've got to get the name out there. We've got to get a lot more events under our belt. The next big one we have is Tampa Bay's Dancing with the Stars, um, which will have local celebrities and athletes to participate in, and that does very well for us as well. When's um, that? But um, when's that we're going to build it up as much when, as we can. Julie, when's that going to be? The uh... that is Actually, we're doing it on September 11th, which is I know is a date that typically we don't do any events on that day. On that date, we're going to have a moment in time. So we're going to recognize what happened on September 11th. Um, that was the date that we could get to do the venue that we need to do. Last year we had 850 people at the event, so it's quite a large event. So I thought, you know, let's do it. Let's let's make sure we take time to recognize, you know, what happened that day. I mean, that day is just um, a day that's going to stick with all of us for a long time. It should never be forgotten. Um, so I said, if I agreed to do it with that in mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're telling me I was. Uh... You know, there when when everything happens, so you know. It's, yeah, it's, so you, you can imagine. I mean, it, it's yeah. uh, I mean, it's something we all fully fully recognize. So I always say that. I don't say it like it's just any other day. September eleventh is not any other day. Um, it's a day we will be doing it. But while we have everybody there, there will be a time even for us to sit there and remind how how many people are there. What happened this day? We need to stop for a minute and recognize what happened. I mean, you can go on. We don't. Everyone doesn't have to be. In total, you know, mourning for the, but you know, we need to definitely recognize what happened and take a minute to think about people like you and everyone who was affected, from the death in the family to just the emotional side of it, which you probably carry with you, having to have been there during that time. Yeah, you, um, you but that's stuff. the day we're having it. But that's that's okay. And, uh, I mean, you're not, you know, you're you're what you're doing is for a good cause, and actually, 
you know, you're helping people. So, yeah, you know. Yeah, and it's all going through various different charities that help all these different causes. You know, we've got uh, Kevin Hart Hospital. We have um, the kids that are, don't have homes to go to, the kids, uh, the children's home. Um, we have, uh, uh, I told you, Kevin Hart Hospital. We have Morian Art Center. We have a few different, which takes in kids that need summer programs. So all of the different um, charities that we're supporting, um, you know, or all help different people in all these different kind of situations. So um, I think it'll be a great event. No, I think I think it's going to be an awesome event. I think you're doing a lot of great things, Julie. You know, uh, again, from uh, the Golden Diamond Source to Entrada Couture to everything that you're doing, you know, uh, you're doing everything with the right intentions in mind. That's why your business will continue to succeed. That's why your charities and your foundation will flourish and the people around you will benefit from what you're doing. And hopefully you'll get enough people that take the hand up and make you proud by going out and making their, making their, their own path to them becoming at least successful in their own world. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, I, I think so. I, I can already see things like that happening, and then it's, it's very rewarding. Uh, I, is, so. I think you're doing something great, Julie. Now, uh, I, I mean, I, again, I could talk to you all day, but we don't have all day. We're closing out the show right now. But uh, if you can do me a favor, Julie, if you can just uh, say your websites again uh, before we sure, close sure. out so that our listeners, if they want to find out more about you, find out more about Entrada, Gold and Diamond Source, you know, your your foundation, you know, let loose, just uh, let it out. Go right ahead. Okay, well, the, the website for Golden Diamond Source is gold and A-N-D, diamondsource.com. So goldandiamondsource.com for our jewelry uh, store. And then we have Entrada Couture, which is the dress line uh, by Maria McGill. And that is www.entrada, E-N-T-R-A-D-A, couture.com. And then our new foundation, um, you can hear, uh, see more about um, Audrey, and there will be more uh, stories on there shortly, is Hands Across the Bay. Dot com, handsacrossthebay.com. So um, you can go and check that out, and you can see more about uh, me and the work that we're doing and all kinds of neat stuff. So thank you so much for having me on your show. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Julie, for spending time with us. And we'll have you on to talk about, to get updates for what's going on with yeah. Hands Across the Bay and, and your event. Yeah, we have all kinds of interesting stuff going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we want to get updates on that stuff, see what's going on sure. with Audrey and your other uh uh, people that you're giving a hand up to, and uh, hopefully their stories turn out to be as great as yours has turned out to be, um, and you can only hope. But you're, you're doing yeah. a great job in what, what you do, and keep doing it, and we'll be following your story, and we'll we'll have you back on and talk more about it. All right, sounds good. Well, thank you so much, and you have a great day. You too, Julie. Thank you so much. You, you have a good one. What is your major malfunction? So let it be written. So let it be done. Ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you, my father thanks you, my sister thanks you, and I thank you.